0: Julie Carroll. Hi. Hi, Stephanie C. <laughs> Just C. Just C. Just C today. But like S-E-E, Stephanie C. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'll, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome to Remotely Relatable, where we talk about stuff. That's probably the best intro I could come up with right now. <laughs> I forgot about the intro. Well, I I had coffee today. Which is not normal. I, I go through like a tea coffee cycle, and I have been on a tea cycle for probably the past like year. And I had coffee today, and I don't know if it's the coffee or if I'm in like a super high manic episode right now, but I'm okay. riding the wave. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm flying high right now. <laughs> but I meant to tell you yesterday, and I figured it would be fun to let everybody else know I got complimented by a teenager for my outfit. <laughs> what? <I know. gasps> what were you wearing? That's amazing. Okay, so I have a theory. Uh-huh. I have a theory. So I literally have worn this outfit. It's a wor- it was a work outfit. It's just pants with a tank top tucked in. Like it's not and nothing crazy. But I typically wear black flats. But I went to the thrift store a couple weeks ago and I found myself a pair of blush slide on sneakers slide is where are they called like you know um yeah mules no mules (laughs) what is this norway (laughs) (laughs) what no they're just like they're just they're okay so they're like vans they're like slip on like slide on vans would you call those mules i don't know are you 74 what's wrong with you mules are a thing Okay, sorry for making fun of you. Mules to me are like those are like clogs. I don't think those are mules. I think those are clogs. Oh no, we're gonna have to look this one up. But anyway, I found a pair. They are like wannabe snakeskin blush slip on sneakers and nice. i think that that pulled it together and made me look like a youngin. <laughs> oh my god, you know what? Your shoes
1: make the outfit and it's all about snakeskin.
0: It's I, amazing. I think snakeskin might be might be a push. It just they're textured, kind mm-hmm. of like reptilian. They just like they have scales kind of they're just i don't i'm not doing a good job of describing them, but yeah, i think that that was the winning combo cuz again, i have worn this outfit numerous times and nobody has even batted an eye at me, but I got complimented.
1: (laughs) Damn, you should be proud. I know, I was so proud. She noticed your statement piece, and that's, that's what you need. You need that one statement piece. I have a work uniform that is all black, but also shoes that are not black, and for some reason, like... People think I'm trying, and I'm like, no, no, I'm just wearing snakeskin boots. That's all.
0: I was about to say, are they your snakeskin boots? Yes. Yes.
1: Everyone loves the snakeskin. So you just keep rocking that snakeskin. It's a winning
0: combination. Yeah, no. I mean, they're not snakeskin. I'll have to post a picture because this is going to be very disappointing when I show you what they actually
1: look like. (laughs) I I don't expect to be disappointed. A teenager complimented you. I expect to be blown away, and I'm sure that I will be.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. I feel like we spent enough time giving me a little ego boost talking about... About this so I just want to quickly update we have gotten a write-in from our dear friend Pooja after she listened to our very first episode where we just went on and on and on about pet peeves and she wrote in some of hers are shopping carts left in the middle of the parking lot taking up spaces yes yes, yes. great this is a That's perfect, right up our alley. I actually, (laughs) growing up, my mom used to like (laughs) pull halfway in and then make us get one of us get out of the car and move (laughs) it. And then the other thing she said was not pushing your chair in when you get up from the table.
1: Yes, it's the worst. Oh, these are perfectly awful. Common manners. Like, come on. It's common courtesy. This reminds me of a little, I don't want to use the word allegory, but just an example of the people that wear masks during the pandemic versus the people that do not. When you are done shopping at Wegmans, do you put your cart back on the corral or you just leave it because it's not your job to touch it and put it back or someone else will wanna get it for you or you just don't feel like it or you're in a hurry or nobody's watching? Which, which of the two? It's a good example, right? Like this is the people that wear masks put their carts away. <laughs> the people that cannot be arsed to wear a mask are the people that are like, "Meh, not my job. I don't. I'm in a hurry. <gasps> Nobody's watching. I. They'll never know that I didn't do the right thing." Guess no, what see, and
0: it? i I feel like, I feel like those i. Those thoughts might not even go through their mind. It's more or less, I just don't give a shit. Oh yes, I was trying to be delicate. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. No. Like,
1: <laughs> fuck those people, basically. No. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. But- yeah, and
0: I actually wrote. So something that happened to me today was that I was like, "Oh shit, this could be a pet peeve." I guess is slowing down at a green light. Yes. Why? Why did you almost come to a stop at a <gasps> green light? What is? Because what? You're awful. There are people trying to get through that light with you. Anyway. So what I was thinking was that what do pet peeves have in common? They are just 100% total lack of consideration for others. Yes, they, they are. They absolutely it's, are. And that is why they're infuriating. It's infuriating because this person did something that has a consequence that mm-hmm. they do not have to deal with. It mm-hmm. falls mm-hmm. fully on somebody else mm-hmm. and that somebody else is you <laughs> and mm-hmm. you are not happy because now you have to deal with what this person didn't deal with. It's being the cat that knocks over the
1: glass of water from the counter and just saunters into the other room and says, you can clean that up or what?
0: That's or when what they, they just look you directly in the eye as they slide it off the counter. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, okay, end rant on that. But yes, guys, people, just be, just be considerate of others. Okay, so this is going to be a big one. I think we should just get right into it. So creativity, where do we even start? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't, why don't you begin? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking that maybe, maybe we should define creativity mm-hmm. according to the dictionary. So I went on and I found the definition. So according to Google, the definition of creativity is the use of the imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of an artistic work. Pretty cut and dry? Sure. I found another one, though, that came from a book human motivation by robert e franken his definition is the tendency to generate or recognize ideas alternatives or possibilities that may be useful in solving problems communicating with others and entertaining ourselves and others and i like that one better i don't think it's I love as that. A, yeah i love that i don't think it's fully encompassing but i think that it hits the nail on the head a little better than the typical creative definition that people use it really hits on it uses the word possibility which i think
1: for me at least that has a lot to do with what creativity is because creativity to me is like acknowledging what the rules are looking at the guidelines understanding the technique and then walking in the other direction just completely disregarding it
0: thank god you said that as soon as you said rules i was like there are no rules
1: (laughs) oh honey i mm there are there are no rules creativity is a rebellion it is acknowledging the status quo and walking confidently in the other direction without looking over your shoulder not even once don't do it because that's that creative block is Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i like that um, yeah, I think that a lot of people tend to get hung up on the word itself because of that that first definition where it's an artistic expression of something. And I mean, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really think that it has to be this artistic expression. I, I think that for me, creativity is honoring your inner voice. Uh, we all have it. We all choose to listen to it or not. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. And expressing yourself, whether it be through music or art, maybe it's physical activity. It could be writing. It could be reading, poetry, cooking, gardening. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just something that you feel like you need to do. Like you, you have this feeling. You can't explain it. You don't care to explain it. It's just what you are drawn to do. And I think that by choosing to be creative and live a creative life, you are just honoring that feeling hmm It's that spark. It's that creative spark. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with you. I
1: actually wrote down some of the same examples that you did. Gardening, poetry, cooking. Honestly, even when I'm thrift shopping and when I'm trying to put together an outfit in the morning for work or when I'm refinishing furniture, the spark pops up. And I learned finally after many years of trial and error that I can't summon it and direct it to go in one direction or another. There were times when I tried to literally sit myself down at a table with paints or pastels or charcoals in front of me, and I willed myself to make something. And surprise, it didn't work. I couldn't. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Like, you you cannot direct it. You can not summon it. You have to listen to it. And then wherever it tells you it wants to go, you don't have a choice. You can't be the master. You have to be its servant. To say it in a slightly weird way, but really, kind of oh no, how it works. you know what?
0: Okay, you. So I'm going to bring it back around to the first episode again when I recommended Big Magic by yes. Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh huh. Um, so okay, sorry, that was just some weird Zoom, just totally cut out on us, and we are working with some funky <laughs> technological issues of our own. Anyway, so sorry about that. There's might be a little choppy in there, but what I was saying was that. Elizabeth Gilbert her idea is more so that you are in a relationship you need to be open to it you need to be nice to it when it offers something up you have to work with it you don't don't fight against it or be mean to it necessarily <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's more of a it's more of a dance it's less of a push and pull a lot of i mean everybody knows the the stereotype of the tortured artist. Why Why let this torture you? Be, be in a working relationship with it. So I prefer that. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be in a relationship with it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can fight against it all you want and try and make it work for you. But
0: mm-hmm. for years, I
1: was a, I was afraid to create art. I was afraid to do anything creative because I, like many other people, once I graduated from high school, I got out of the habit. And I made the mistake of thinking I could just pick it up anytime. And I would be able to draw as well as I did before and sculpt as well as I could before and paint and whatever. And that is not the case. So I fought against it. And it became something that not only made me feel insecure and inferior, But my own lack of skills kind of contributed to that as well, because I think for a lot of creative people, if you grow up nurturing that spark and you're able to be artistic or be creative, it kind of forms part of your identity. For sure. Kind of how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. So if and when you lose that for one reason or another, you definitely lose a piece of yourself. And
0: I think that's stifling that spark. Yeah. I I love that you're calling it a spark because I actually wrote down, it's like a fire. You have to. You have to continually feed the fire. You can't just, right. just expect it to keep burning and burning and burning. Like you have to continuously be aware of it, and you have to feed it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Which I guess you do get to love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call my creativity George from now on. <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think that creativity gets a bad rap because a lot of people let it go all throughout childhood. Everything is just use your imagination, use your imagination. But then once you become, quote unquote, an adult, because I don't think when you get out of high school, you are anywhere near being an adult. It's almost as if an imagination is a bad thing. It's almost as if like, okay, time to put that, put a bow on that, put it back in the closet. Mm-hmm. And check on that every couple of years when you're feeling nostalgic no that that is like oh that's so soul crushing
1: it will kill your soul
0: and you will not
1: be sure why you are deceased (laughs) i can tell you right now that's why that's that's it you stopped carrying around that flint to make that spark with and there's no fire anymore you got nothing you just got a bunch of soggy kindling that won't work anymore
0: you're at the gates of heaven. And you're like, what? How did I get here? And the angel's mm-hmm. like, listen, dude, you just, you weren't creative anymore, man. Now you you're taking a big sleep. The big sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that creativity also gets a bad rap because when you are an adult, if you continue to use your imagination, you're you're seen as like out there or weird or an art nerd or freak or whatever But by denying your inner desire, you are denying your inner happiness. Yes. But don't get me wrong, like the creativeness or being creative, it doesn't have to be huge. And I think that's some that's another misconception. And it's a misconception that I had for a really long time. I went to art school. And I really struggled because I was surrounded by people that they would have some like stroke of inspiration and they would be in the art room all night creating this masterpiece. And I was just like, what am I doing here? I really, I really struggled. And I think that you can do something small for yourself and still call yourself creative. I think we can all call ourselves creative. I think we are all born creative, and I think that we can all stay creative our whole lives. Yes, um, it just manifests in different ways for everybody. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. And and I think that people do get hung up on the word. They get hung up on the stereotype, and they mm-hmm. get hung up because they feel like it has to be like this huge thing. Like we don't all need to go like quit our jobs and paint rocks down by the ocean. But we and, could. Like, I mean, we could. That sounds awesome. Like. <laughs> <I'll go. laughs> They could just be small ways. They can, anything, it could just be like a small fuck you to like routine and your Mm -hmm. responsibilities. No, I'm not going to do the dishes. I'm going to go out in the garden for the next three hours. That's kind of where
1: I was going with it too is it's a lot of trial and error. To use an example that's familiar to me, I could not for the life of me figure out how the hell you tie shoes. Like I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't do it. Didn't matter how many times somebody showed me. It doesn't make sense to me. So I just invented this own way that technically gets your shoes tied, even though it's not
0: the right way. Art is the same thing. Creativity is the same thing. Wait, 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 hold on. I'm going to need to see the shoe tying technique and you're going to have to take a video and we're going to have to put it on Instagram. (laughs) I can't wait. You know what? All it is, is taking two bows
1: and tying them together. That's all it is.
0: Oh, that's that's as disappointing as my snake skin sneakers.
1: <laughs> well, do you want me to demonstrate how I hold pens? Because it's kind of the
0: same situation. Sure. Yes. I couldn't figure out that either. <laughs> that's. So were you a Velcro kid? No. Velcro shoe kid.
1: <laughs> no, I just got yelled at a lot. Oh, more on time again. But, but really, like it's, it's trial and error. Creativity is a science experiment, and it is being able and willing to understand what the rules might be and then just giving it the middle finger and doing it yourself. Making up your own way, making up your own science experiment, and not knowing or caring what the result will be. I don't think it matters when you're trying to be creative what you're trying to produce. I think it matters if you're trying at all. I think you just should produce something. Just it's the process, not the end result. It doesn't matter what you make as long as you make. And it doesn't really matter what it is. It can be a recipe or a painting or, I don't know, plan out a new flower garden or something. As long as you're
0: doing something. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think that by doing those things, you keep that, no matter how small of a spark fire, bonfire, whatever, you just, you keep it going. Mm-hmm. And the more you feed it, the bigger it gets, and the the more likely you are to keep going. Isn't there some kind of like scientific rule, like like an object there... in motion tends to stay in motion? I was gonna say, is it like inertia or something? Yes, Thank it you. is inertia. Yes, oh, yes, it's like inertia. I love it. <laughs> oh my god, we just scienced. <laughs> okay, so how do we get to point where? You can incorporate that thing to your life. What do we do? How do you de- get some you- suggestions? Ooh, okay, hit me. <laughs> we we both have like 18 pages of notes on this topic. So <laughs> buckle in. This is gonna be a ride.
1: Okay. All right. So first, I think you need to understand and accept that creativity by its very nature has to be completely free of rules or judgment,
0: especially your own judgment. Yes. Okay. Two things on that. I am a rule follower. I have always been made <laughs> fun of for being a rule follower and I think that that was something that I really struggled with in art school. I was like what's going on? Who's telling you what to do? How can you do that? Why are you like it was it, I didn't realize that you have the you have all of the power. You have all of the say. If you need to make your own rules, which sometimes I do for myself or else I would just implode. Then, then you can put your own rules out there, but there inherently are no rules.
1: The rule is there are no rules. What was the other thing you said? Uh, free of judgment. Anyone uh, else's judgment, especially yes. though your own judgment because you are your own worst critic.
0: Yes, and also I want to mention just because you want to do something or you're you are doing something, you don't have to broadcast it and i'm not saying this in a way of like oh keep your stuff to yourself no for your own mental health mm-hmm. other people that are too afraid to do anything creative or step into a creative life or they are going to say things to you to make themselves feel better mm-hmm. about not doing it it could just be taking up a, a ukulele and going to a jam session That scares people. Doing things scares people. And yes, we are our own worst critics. We don't need anybody to to help that. I think that when you are doing something solely
1: for yourself and without the intention of ever letting anybody know that you've done it, you are feeding your soul and not your ego. Yes. If you do something just for yourself, the benefits go only to you as well. And Mm -hmm. it just there's something very satisfying about not needing anyone else's approval or judgment because you haven't made yourself available to them for
0: that potentially. Just do it and then you can talk to people about it after, but if you have a hard time starting, you just have to do it. Don't talk to anybody, just do it. Right, right, yeah. My my next thing is
1: radical acceptance. I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but basically I think creativity is dependent upon a radical acceptance of your fears and anxieties and doing it anyways, going forward with it, trusting yourself, because the spark of creativity is accessible to everyone, but you have to trust yourself enough to actually get it out there in the open. And that's what I meant when I said earlier that creativity is a kind of rebellion. It's acknowledging what the rules are and acknowledging what everyone expects art or creativity to be and just saying, fuck you, and doing your own thing. Because the more you try to control or direct that is when your creative block sets in. Yes. So you're not going to be able to create anything, you're not going to be able to do anything if you're not doing it for the right reasons, which is solely for the sake of creating in and of itself. So I think essence of creativity is dropping any preconceived notions you have of what you must produce or what you should produce, because creativity depends on a lack of control and no predictions whatsoever, because you can't plan it or direct it. and yeah. You can't sit down and tell yourself that you're going to be creative and make something cool and awesome, because you have to have that innovation and spontaneity in order for it to work. Mm-hmm.
0: Julie, on the preach train. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I add to that vulnerability? Because there, it does take a huge amount of vulnerability to put yourself out there and do the thing. Did you already say this? Or it might have been part of your thing. Courage? No, Mm -hmm. do it. Okay, just courage, just courage to start. I mean, I just, I'm not entirely sure how to navigate that because I feel like courage is a big word on its own. It takes a lot of courage just just to get out of bed some days, so... That the starting is the hardest part Mm -hmm. and it takes courage, vulnerability, radical acceptance of where you are currently in your life. I really love the quote. I believe it's Eleanor Roosevelt. It might be Teddy Roosevelt. I should probably have Googled it, but do what you can with what you have, where you are. Love that quote. Do you know who's? Nope. Okay. No idea. <laughs> we can, love it though. I'll, I'll figure it out and put it in the <laughs> put it in the, the Instagram. Yeah, there, there doesn't need to be any big fanfare. You do not have to go spend a thousand dollars at Michael's, although it's very tempting. Yeah, uh, been there. Just it doesn't work. Just listen to that inner that inner voice. And I'm, please, I am not preaching. It is very hard to listen to my own inner voice some days. Very hard. Some days I just tune mine out completely, and
1: I learned again after many years of trial and error that sometimes I get so deep into that hole you're not going to be able to create, and if you are able to create, it's not going to be good enough. I get so deep into that funk mm-hmm. that I've learned it's easier to just walk right away from whatever it is I normally do in the first place. Normally, I like to paint. Normally, I like to sculpt. If I'm getting really down on myself and that little voice in my head is like, it's probably going to suck, I just walk right away and I will try cooking a new recipe. I will plan next year's tulip garden. I will... Go for a walk and look at the colors in the sky and try and decide how I would paint them if I actually had paints in front of me, but I'm careful to not actually put paints in front of me. You'd have to do something completely different to break out of that funk sometimes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like that because yeah, if you are in a funk with one thing, Mm -hmm. maybe putting that to the back burner and doing something else for a little bit will kind of shake the shake the funk off of it. I like your, your little voice in your head saying this is going to suck because have you ever heard of a funny little thing called imposter syndrome? Uh, <laughs> I live
1: imposter syndrome. It's, it is life, but not in the way that I want it to be.
0: Oh, no. It's, um, so for anybody that doesn't know what imposter syndrome is, I wrote down the definition because it's a match. It's a, a constant doubt of one's accomplishments and an internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, um, I like to internalize it personally, saying, "Who gave you the right?" Like when I'm doing mm-hmm. something, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, who gave me the right to do this?" Or like, "Is it okay that I'm doing this?" Or mm-hmm. uh, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna find out that I don't actually know what I'm doing. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. it's terrible it's terrible Mm -hmm. like I said like you are your own worst (laughs) critic like yeah there is no one crueler to any of us than the person living inside of each of our brains do
0: you know who Amanda Palmer is no okay she is a musician and an artist and she gave a speech to a college I don't remember what is it called when you graduate and they give you a speech (sighs) commencement Commencement ceremony yeah yeah Jesus Christ um (laughs) So I took a little, just a little quote from her speech because it would have been very nice to hear this at my art school graduation. She likes to call it the fraud police. Mm. So she, they are imaginary people that do not exist in your brain. One day they are going to come and knock on your door and say, we've been watching you and have evidence that you have no idea what you're doing. You stand accused of the crime of completely winging it. You are guilty of making shit up as you go along. You do not actually deserve your job. We are going to take everything away, and we're telling everybody. <gasps> and the, oh that's that's the fraud police. Yes, yeah, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> she hit the nail on the head. I know. God, that's powerful. Ugh. Yes, I highly recommend anybody that doubts themselves. Oh my gosh, doubt. I doubt myself every day. I mean, look at this, look at this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How long did it take us to do this? Like. Man, yeah. So anybody that doubts themselves or is in a rut, just go watch that. Her husband, Neil Gaiman, is one of my favorite authors. He also gave a commencement speech. It's called "Make Good Art." I probably should have wrote down something from that. It's beautiful. I have listened to it a couple times. I'm pretty sure there's a book. It's just like an essay. Like you just anybody that needs that, i I will. We can link it. So with the fraud police or the imposter syndrome. With this podcast, we were really nervous to put this podcast out because this is this is definitely being vulnerable. this is definitely some kind of courage and I mean just people listening to the words that are coming out of our mouths is terrifying yeah, our um, words. yes <laughs> sometimes i would, I don't even know the words that are- I can't even think of the words half the time mm-hmm. but I feel like for me personally, something that changed in my late twenties early thirties was that there there's only so much time to think about things until you actually have to act. I believe there's an old proverb, I can't even fucking say it. Shitteth or get off of the potteth. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, nobody... Is gonna come knocking on the door and be like, "Hey, you guys want to start a podcast? Here's the, here's a, here are the microphones and here's the computer program and uh, this is what you're gonna talk about and here's how you edit it. It's like you just you just have to get to a point where existing is not enough. You have to live and to live you have to do the things that your soul." and your inner voice are asking you to do. And if it's make a corny podcast with your best friend then you have to do it. Like I just, you just have if to your, answer it.
1: If your spark is calling you to do it, you got to do it. And you know what? When you first suggested this to me, it freaked me out a little. At first I was like, well, maybe she'll forget about it and we won't have to do it. <laughs> and then and then I was like, wait a second. Like, what if we do? yeah oh god Uh, first of all it's gonna be awesome and second of all it's gonna be terrifying
0: yeah but you just said the like the best but what if we do I know that I feel like so many people are like but everything is like the failure what if this what if that Mm -hmm. but what if what if you do it I think you have a really good point, though.
1: Like, you just, it doesn't matter what you make, it only matters that you make. Mm -hmm. Don't even expect to have a finished product, let alone a masterpiece of some kind. Just play, just do something like you did when you were five years old and you had
0: no idea in your head of what you would end up with, or even if you would end up with anything. Something that helps me sometimes, too, is thinking about like celebrities. Not that I think a celebrity is necessarily what people should aim for. But the same question I ask myself, what gives you the right? I like to question, what gives them the right? How are they the ones that are setting the trends or putting the music out? And I think it's because they are the bold ones. They believe in themselves. Other people may or may not believe in them. I mean, look at like Freddie Mercury, Elton John, like how far out there, Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. They are visionaries, Lizzo. I mean, it's like you you have got to just do it. Whether Mm -hmm. or not people say you're crazy, you never know where that ladder is going to lead and you just got to go rung by rung and you just got to go. You just got to go. Nobody's coming. You got to go.
1: It reminds me once again of Marsha P. Johnson's middle initial story. The P is for pay it no mind. That is your problem and not
0: mine. Judgment is someone else's problem Yes. And I think that if this pandemic has really taught, I mean, myself, I w- I'm going to use a sweeping generalization and just say people. If it has taught people anything, is that when the shit hit the fan and we were all home, a lot of people not working, and everybody was looking for something to do, everybody turns to some sort of entertainment. Everybody turns to the TV, video games, books, movies, or some kind of artistic pursuit it is important. It is something that we all need. And I think that for a really long time, it has been hard for people to accept that it is something that they need in their lives and myself included. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I left art school, it was years before I started doing anything for myself again. And might I add, I totally forgot about this. This might be one of the most important things. It does not need to be a hustle. Everybody has a side hustle these days. Your creativity or your creative pursuit does not have to be your hustle. If it is, good for you. If you can make a little bit of money off of something that you absolutely love doing and you are getting joy out of and you, are, you feel fulfilled, power to you. I am envious of that. That's amazing. Keep on keeping on. But you don't have to let it be a hustle. And this is something I really struggled with because I just wanted to make money off of anything and everything I was doing. It was just crazy. And I put so much financial pressure on the things that I love to do that I just stopped doing them. Mm -hmm. And it has taken me a long time to get back into doing them. So don't feel like you have to make it a hustle. If you just like doing something, just do it.
1: I completely agree with you. It'll make you see it as an obligation Mm -hmm. and a chore rather Mm -hmm. than something you enjoy. And Mm -hmm. I think that creativity is too sacred to be used just for monetary gain just as something that has to serve you in some way other than just feeding your soul and making you happy. It's a missing puzzle piece when you don't have it in your life, so don't feel like it needs to do anything other than just make you happy.
0: Yeah, and like I said, if it does, like I know a lot of people that I graduated with, they are pursuing their creative geniuses to make their livings and power to them. That's amazing. It's amazing. But if you if you cannot afford to do that or if you haven't afforded to do that or if you have kids or whatever the case may be, just find that small thing that, that makes you feel creative and do it. It does not mm-hmm. have to be a big thing. You don't have to make money off of it. Yeah, I don't think it matters what medium your creativity no. comes
1: through as as long as you just let it come through in some way. I think it will nourish you in exactly the same way as – it would to create a masterpiece that goes into an art gallery versus baking cupcakes. It it doesn't matter. As long as it sparks that little spark, that's it. That's the end of the story. That's all you need to do.
0: I've I've I think we should go back and maybe have a drinking game and every time we say the word spark, somebody
1: you Oh my to God. Take a drink. Well, I'm <laughs> passed out right now. I'm in a coma. <laughs> I don't know if I'm coming
0: back. If I do, please get <laughs> me some tequila cuz I'm dying. Yeah. <sighs> and you know, I wanted to just touch lightly on social media because I think that for for a while, especially in the beginning when social media first came out, it was kind of seen or it was demonized a little bit because for instance, I went to school for photography and Instagram gave everybody a platform to be a photographer and it was like you know muddied the waters of photography Mm -hmm. I would argue now that we might be in the best place like in all of history to be creative and share that with other people like-minded people or find inspiration Mm -hmm. because there there is such vast amounts of creative people on the web Mm-hmm. Is that an old thing to say on the web? On the gram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Like Some of the things that I see online are, apt, are way more entertaining than anything I've ever seen on TV or heard on the radio. Like People are so creative in their small little ways. And the fact that we can share that with people, it's astounding. I, I, I used to be super against social media, but I am slowly starting to turn because I really do think that it connects us in a way that has never been available to people before mm-hmm.
1: i i don't want to say it's universal accessibility um, because not everyone of course has no of the course privilege yes. of having yes. internet access it is a Instagram huge privilege account. yes yeah yeah but relatively speaking if we compare today with say the renaissance when mm-hmm. plenty of techniques were pioneered and it was a golden age of art i mean there's, you don't have to be of the lauded classes and a wealthy Italian person to learn the latest techniques anymore. Anybody with internet connection can be connected and learn more about creativity and share their creativity and get encouragement and give encouragement. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we've really been poised to do that until very recently.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Like I said, like I was not on the social media train for that. I, in the beginning, I was all about it, but then I kind of trailed off, and then recently I've been like, why am I not? Try- why am I not sharing more? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why? Why not? Why not me? Is something that I like to ask myself also, mm-hmm. which the imposter police say, well, because you suck. <sighs>
1: Well, I for one have a rebuttal to your imposter police. I would like to see more of your photography, and if that means on social media, then I think you should post it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make it happen. I mean, how about like one per month? Just one shot per month. You can you can start out with that and see how you feel. That's not. That's
0: yeah, yeah. That's doable. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> so to close this out. I wanted to ask you and myself this question. So what do you do in your life currently that helps you to stay creative, to to keep that spark alive, if you will? Well,
1: I have rediscovered some old pursuits that I used to be into and then got scared away from for a very long time, which is mainly sculpture.
0: Um, I finally found it again and it makes me really happy. You rock. You are killer. You're a sculptor. I am at a loss for words at how good you are at sculpting, sculpting, sculpturing, sculpturing. I love it.
1: Yeah. I'm a sculpturist. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That that's one of the things, um, that I forgot how happy it made me. It's just one of those things that feeds my soul and that makes me feel very complete creativity-wise, but other things I do, they're not related. Don't judge me, but tiling. (laughs) Yeah. I installed so very much tile over quarantine. I laid uh, a tile floor, and I did a couple different Backsplashes, never tiled before, but just planning all this out and the patterns of the marble veining and the patterns in the floor. Jesus Christ, I was a little bit manic and insane about it, but it was a good time and that totally fed my creativity. So I'm kind of into thinking outside the box right now to find ways of feeding my creativity. That's and awesome. Those are a couple ways. Thank you. What about you? What are you doing?
0: Um, well, I was thinking about it, and there are a few. The photography is probably. That's not on the back burner. That's always that's just always happening in my brain when I see things. I'm just imagining it as a photo. But I have been roller skating, which is a an expression. uh, It's a physical activity which I need for myself. There's so much room to be creative and add your own flair to things and learn how to do all of like I can't spin, but go backwards and do like little jumps. And it's just it has been such a joy. To learn how to roller skate, that's so, so cool. It almost sounds like dance. Yeah, there. Okay, so there is. If anybody want, wants to get into a black hole of the social media and or on the internet, there is dance skating, and it is super intimidating. It's insane. People dance. People people just do crazy things. I I am not there yet, but I hope to be there over the winter. Maybe go to the roller rink. But I've I've kind of been like hiking here and there, going for walks, listening to podcasts. And then I would say uh, just dancing around the house. Nice. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put the music on and just like dance around the house. Just hop uh, around mm-hmm. and see, guys, this isn't big. These, these are not big things. These are mm-hmm. just small ways that you can incorporate creativity into your life. It's just what you need to make your soul happy. Mm-hmm. Just Just small things. Although... I mean, driving down to the beach and selling rocks out of the back of the car sounds pretty good, too. Oh,
1: my God. I'll pick you up tomorrow at 12. I'll be there.
0: I'll bring the paint.
1: We'll get a caravan going. Who else wants in on this? This is going to be a good time. This is going
0: to be a little driftwood, some rocks. I mean, once we find people to buy this from us, we'll have it made. It's good. It's great. (laughs) Although, we preached the whole time not to make it a hustle, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's too sacred to sell rocks out of a van down
1: by the river. But I mean, you know, you do you, everybody.
0: Uh, Okay, so we had a couple people write in through Instagram. I posed two questions. What does creativity mean to you? And what does living a creative life mean to you? And we got some answers. My friend Marissa wrote in and she said that creativity to her is trying new things making new experiences for my family unique to us and our interests which i i think is great cuz if you do have kids you kind of just have to throw stuff at the wall until something sticks like kids are yeah. kids are very easily entertained but they also know what they like and what they don't like so you just have to continuously try doing things Mm-hmm. which sounds awesome because then you're just like, a, like, you're experiencing with the kids. Like that sounds like you're just doing a bunch of fun stuff. That sounds like fun. Well, yeah. I mean, I was a nanny for two huh. years and I can tell you right now, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Damn. That doesn't sound so bad. I'll take your word for it though.
1: I mean, let me know how it goes. <laughs>
0: Um, and then she also said that creativity is loving her own unique self and the things that she creates, oh, which I think is what we it. said about radical oh, self acceptance. Yeah. Is that really, what we said? Really good. Yes,
1: radical acceptance yeah. of your anxieties, fear, yeah, and perceived flaws. Hell yeah. yes, and just just That's love great. love it for what it is and what what you can do. I love it. That's a good one. Cool. Sweet. All right. I've got one here from our good friend Pooja, and it is adding your signature touch to everything you do. I love that. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm, could mean mm -hmm. anything. It could just be your signature touch could be color. It could be... Your sense of humor, it could be your wit, your sarcasm, it could be your art, it could be anything. I guess you just have to figure out what your signature touch is.
0: Well, and here's the thing too, is that like, yeah, so do you have an idea to do something? Sure. Has it been done 40 times before? Maybe, Mm -hmm. but you have not done it. Mm -hmm. And that is doing it with your signature touch. I love that. It doesn't matter if it's been done before, you have not done it yet, which means it is original to you. Yep. That is the essence of creativity right there. I love it. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, so my friend Don wrote in, who I went to school with, and he said, I think allowing myself to express my ideas without concern for others' opinions. Yes. Yes. Hell yes, Don. Yes. Put -hmm. those blinders on and just get to work. Mm -hmm. And then he also said being open to what, and this this is for living a creative life being open to what life gives you, not compromising your creative value.
1: Oh, I love it. These are some amazing answers.
0: They Damn, really are. so
1: enlightened.
0: I know. This is cool.
1: I'm really glad that we asked because these are some excellent points and ideas that I would not have thought of otherwise. This is yeah. really cool. I have another great reply from our friend Pooja. It is, without inhibition, allowing the world around to inspire the world within manifesting that inspiration in art, literature, or into daily verbal and physical actions.
0: I absolutely adore that. Would you mind Mm. repeating the first sentence? Because I feel like I want to hear that again. Without inhibition,
1: allowing the world around to inspire the world within.
0: That's like like a bumper sticker, allow the uh, world around to inspire the world within. It's like, so eloquent. I know. Ugh, Why can it. she write so well? Oh, uh, Maybe because yeah. she's creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's using that creative spark. Okay. Yes. So my friend Mandy wrote in, it's a little long, but I think it's really good. So she wrote, creativity to me means that I can abandon traditional thinking, ways of doing things to solve problems create new things, and look at the world in other ways not otherwise thought of by someone else. Love that. Sometimes it manifests as an outward expression of my innermost thoughts or perspectives, while other times it's just an inner dialogue running through all the scenarios I can think of to solve a problem, create art, etc. It's ever-changing, constantly adapting to the situation, and opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Creativity at its simplest is a true expression of self and is absolutely unique to everyone. Uh,
1: adaptability. There's a word that neither one of us brought up, but that's absolutely what it is.
0: Yes. Being able to adapt. Well, I think that being creative means that you are good at adapting. It's like Bob Ross with happy mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. So our friend Lauren, who asked us to even do this episode. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Um, I got a, a little something right in from her also. And she said, that she used to think that creativity was something only creative people had, which again, I think there's just this like fear of the word creative and it's something to like live up to. And if you don't have creativity, then don't even try. She said, You know, the artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, people who can envision things that don't already exist in the world, which is another good great way of saying it. it's because you are you are using your brain to come up with something that does not already exist in the world mm-hmm. and this idea is coming to you to be manifested because it wants to be in this world so that's elizabeth gilbert also about manifesting ideas, I could go into another rant on that. So I will save that for another podcast. She said here too, though, that it doesn't help that I had a parent that kind of reinforced the fact that I didn't have those talents naturally and therefore am not creative. I feel Um, bad
1: she experienced that.
0: I know, but I do think maybe it's something valid to talk about because Mm -hmm. I think that, like I said, you get to a point where you're told, okay, it's just not time to put that away and get to work now. So she said that what I've realized and what I'm working hard to accept is that creativity can also mean living your life in a way that is different, that goes against the status quo, a life that feels completely original.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it is.
0: It's yes, it's living a, an original life. I'm going to say it again. It's, it's not okay to just exist. Mm-hmm. You have to live. And that's creativity in a four-hour nutshell. (laughs) That's part one. Join us for part two
1: someday. It's coming. We can't tell you exactly when. We need more stories. We need more input. We need more thoughts on this because I want to hear more.
0: I know. I absolutely love the input from other people because I really do think that you and I, while having valid ideas and talking points, we're just two people and there are millions of people Mm -hmm. on this earth. Yep. And they all, everybody experiences life differently. So yeah. thank you, everybody, for writing in. Okay, so okay. next our next episode, we are going to be talking about self-love. We had a request
1: for an episode on the topic of self-love. And I will read that request in its entirety because I think it phrases it better than I ever could. So it goes as follows. Over the past few years, I have seen people overutilize and over-prescribe this self-love mantra, like opiates have been prescribed for pain. Is self-love truly the answer to all heartache? How do people interpret self-love? And if we figure out how to love ourselves completely and wholeheartedly, will we then stop desiring the love of a companion? These are really good questions, and Interesting. we are going to talk about
0: them. Okay, man. Okay, I'm going to have to start writing some stuff down for that. Oh, it's already going through my brain. Okay. So All order. yeah. Okay. We hope that this has inspired you in some way to, to find that creative spark of whatever it might be in your life to, to do that thing. And if you have been inspired, let us know, find us on Instagram at remotely relatable and send us a message or comment and let us know what you are doing that is a creative outlet for you so friends as a gentle reminder shit or get off the pot we'll hang it out of the next time <laughs> <You
1: Sucker. laughs>